Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, September 11th, 2019. Guys, this is episode 79079 of In the Booth, and I am so excited to share this episode with you. Out of all the Chicago DJ producers I've had on Sherm in the Booth in the past, I am 150% sure I've seen Steve Girard live the most. He is a multi-dimensional talent behind the decks, but in the studio, it's almost next level. He is so talented. Guys, the first hour and a half we spent during this interview went over to his studio on the west side. We listened to unreleased music across six different genres that he's made. Unreal. I had so much fun in this interview and hearing about his story. He is a wild guy, and I know he's going to agree with me when I say that. But enough of me talking, guys. Let's get into it right now. Here we go. Episode 79 with Steve Gerrard. What did it start for you, like, as a fan? Because, like, you, you speak from the crowd's perspective, like, your perspective there. Like, obviously, you're the DJ, you're the sound person, but you really are seeing it from the ears of the people coming, right? It has to be. Sound is the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, if, if you have a dog shit sound system, it's mm-hmm. it ain't going to translate well to the crowd. We notice it immediately, like, right. from sound bar perspective, like... I would play shows like before we revamped that whole system and mm-hmm. it's like you'd have a huge drop of some sort and people would just be like it looked like a high school dance you know like people would just be kind of like meandering yeah. around all the fucking plates meandering around yeah. like no one even I don't think anybody knew it was a drop or anything and like now you have a big system and it's like everything's very like fine-tuned definitive mm-hmm. that's the main part of the vibe you could have the sickest club in the world but if you have a dog shit sound system it doesn't right. matter right you know? right and that matters a lot to artists as well. Yeah, like, absolutely. There's tons of artists that will... And actually, it's standard for most riders. It's like, when you book an artist, you have to tell the, like uh, tell their agent. Like mm-hmm. A lot of the times, they'll ask, what's the sound system? Yeah. Like, what do you have component-wise? We need to know. Because if, if it ain't up to their standard, they're going to fucking... They're going to do it. They're, they're going to... Yeah, they're going to hightail it out of there. Shit. Was that an issue you faced when you were assistant manager? Like, people would say they're not going to play based I, on these component standards? Well, for one, that was never my title, assistant manager, for one. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, it was just <laughs> it was just one of those things where... You were running went shit. Up the, went up the totem pole, Lawrence became GM. Mm-hmm. I basically took over all of his old responsibilities. Okay. It wasn't really a title to it. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, could, I could definitely see that. Like, Loco Dice, perfect example of mm-hmm. somebody who's a total sound... Nazi when we it comes were just to talking it. about him in the way he right? will yeah. he will sound check ruthlessly for about an hour and a half and like the mid for example mm-hmm. they used to have the the function one tops Horse. were the actual booth monitors yeah they fucking suck I hated them they're, so they're not meant to be monitors Dude, so, so every time yeah. local dice would would play they would have to rent L acoustics monitors thank you for saying like, that you know by the way, yeah. it's 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 really important yeah I, like I hate having a shitty sounding booth like yeah. That's that's the worst. Yeah, it is. It's horrible. Where is your favorite place to DJ in Chicago? Soundbar? Soundbar, Spybar, and 
to be honest, fucking exit. I love exit. I love yeah. Exit. Love love it there. The upstairs, it's like maybe 125 cap. Uh-huh. Big sound, but it's just fucking, it's great. Yeah. Just a dark shithole room. Like, <laughs> yeah. Raw. People fucking, fucking all over the place. It's great. I love it. <laughs> Total, super raw room. I love yeah. it. It's like it's fucking great. the metal of tech. Tech. It is, yeah. Right? And the whole lower, the whole bottom level is all industrial, yeah. metal, punk, everything. Upstairs, banging techno. Now the places you just mentioned are places that have been in Chicago for a long time. Yeah. What's their recipe? I don't think there's really a recipe to longevity. You just yeah. have to. I think it's more so knowing the position you're in as a venue. Mm-hmm. Like Soundbar knows they've been around for fuck. I think it's like 16 years now. Long time. And Sound uh, Spy Bar is. I think 28 the longest in Chicago right no no way smart bar smart bar smart I would I would give club to smart bar exit's been open since the 70s for example oh shit exit's been open for a hot fucking minute but yes (laughs) I didn't know that spy bar yes I I would say in terms of like the major like uh, like DJ forward clubs yeah I I would say spy bars spy bars probably been around longest yeah I mean look what dice goes there like to bring him back up right yeah so it's I I would say spy bars been around for a hot minute but spy bar also realizes like you gotta go through periods of change so Mm -hmm. it's like like recently they just upgraded their whole sound system and and it's it's fucking fantastic now infinitely better they went from Dynacord to and I forget the name of the new company but it's a brand new company Mm -hmm. it sounds awesome in there but like booth is great too yeah they remodeled a bunch of shit Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's infinitely better than it was. I think it's just going through periods of change and keeping shit interesting and yeah. obviously having good acts right. to, to drive people in. Yeah, and I mean, knowing your market too, right? Yeah. I mean, like all those places and like yeah. you said, Soundbar trusts you for those types of things. Yeah, and, and that that's the one thing I like most about Soundbar and which is why I personally think that it's the best club mm-hmm. in this city is it's all very... It, it, there's It's a melting pot for every type of music there's something for yeah. every, there's something for everybody mm-hmm. every single weekend of every month versus like don't get me wrong spy bar is amazing but spy bar is more house underground yeah, oriented only versus soundbar one week you'll have we'll have a dubstep show on a friday mm-hmm. saturday we'll have a fucking techno show yeah next week we'll have a big trance show yeah week after that we'll have like a lo-fi weird hip-hop show or something right and repeat the process it's always something different for everybody which yeah. i think keeps it interesting and i think is a big contributor to why it's it's been around that it long. helps the scene so much here yeah. i mean and just the different rooms like we were talking about like the round room is sometimes house yeah. and techno or whatever downstairs is like fucking open format yeah. type style it's which amazing. is a good thing to have because yeah. i mean with having a venue that large you're not turning away people off the street that just want to go out have a good time that right. aren't knowledgeable go to about the club, what's going right? on yeah. yeah so it's good to have a place for people like that still drive business in while also we could also do awesome shows up on the main floor yeah I love Soundbar Soundbar is one of the first places I went to when I moved to Chicago Soundbar like, is fun four and a half years ago that's amazing so you was, you started working there in 2012 2012 or 2013 yeah before uh-huh. that I was I was doing a weekly party called Zombies vs. Skeletons and we would have metal hardcore bands play like the first half hour and mm-hmm. then it was just tear out fucking like trap and dubstep shit and yeah. I would bartend those and they were a fucking <laughs> blast yeah like they were awesome and it was right down the street we did it at Cobra Lounge uh-huh. and it was a party I think we did it for like five years it was, it, it, and it ran its course mm-hmm. made our money off of it and it yeah. kind of turned into like the other dude I did it with went out on tour with a band tour managing mm-hmm. and the other dude had kids and it's like 
then Lawrence was like, "This is the time. Come, right? Come with me, right? Let's fucking do this." I was like, "All right." I was all in at that point. Was that around the same time as Porn and Chicken kind of getting their thing going on Evil Olive? Oh, this was after. This after. was after that. I actually played the first ever Porn and Chicken. Did ever. you? It was at Risque Cafe. Yeah. In Wrigleyville. Yeah. <laughs> I had to like bring my is CD. Is that still I, there? No, man. It's it's some it's some bro bar right now called like Clark Street Beach and shit. And it's just dudes spilling you, vodka Red Bulls all over the place. Girls fucking, throwing yeah, up in their hands. Yeah, yeah, Wrigleyville shit. Yeah, yeah. Typical Wrigleyville behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a gr- it was a great launch point, and that same venue, Risque launched Porn Chicken mm-hmm. and launched Zombies vs Skeletons as That's well. That's amazing. And then after. I think it was at risk. PNC was at risk for I think maybe like a, like two years. Right. And then it, it just it outgrew it. It uh, there was maybe the cap was like 150 if that. Oh shit. And there would be fucking a line like 300 feet long down Clark Street, and it's <laughs> like that was the time for them to move to yeah to Evil Olive. Yeah, and then it was the mid, yeah. and then it's crazy. I, Orville said it best. He was like, every venue we've gone to, it shuts down, <laughs> and it's like. It's 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 yeah. unbelievable because yeah. you guys just like this. It's like an earthquake in the local yeah. scene See, here, right? The cool thing about those guys is Dom is really smart. I've known Dom for about twelve years now, and the longest of them all. Dom is yeah. Dom is very smart because I think he realized too when the mid closed down and got sold and got demolished. I think that was his kind of wake up to be like, okay, we should go all in on our music now. Yeah. We already proved we could throw a fucking banger on a Monday night every week for, for however many years, for years, yeah. and they're still fucking great, and they would always turn profit, They would, and they're always great to do business with, mm-hmm. and I think it became almost, uh, it's a word I'm looking for, It, I mean, I think it just became too habitual for them to keep doing the same thing, yeah. or, and they were just maybe tired of it, and now they're just fully all in on making music, they have yeah. their label now, mm-hmm. And so ready to bang so shit out, yeah. yeah. So they're they're motivated to like take their next step for sure, which I think is sick. Yeah. And at any time, if they want, they could still throw a fucking a, a rager. Right. Anytime people show and, up, and pack it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're such a special part of the Chicago scene. I mean, anything from the fucking chicken outfit to the porn yeah. to the actual fucking chicken to yeah. Orville's to, mohawk they to everybody to get, they, they have. They used to get yelled at at Risque a lot for that because there was like big <laughs> paneled windows and like anyone driving by could just see like some chick getting fucking <laughs> came on and shit. Like, it was great. Talk about fucking unique though, right? Yeah. It, it was it was a great concept. And they, the whole concept started off of it was a barbecue and beer place. Yeah. There was like 300, 400 different beers on the menu and then it was awesome barbecue. So like people would come in with their families, order fucking brisket <laughs> and shit. And we'd be playing like pink flamingos and shit on the TVs. It was like, you see some dude like eating a, eating a bite of his barbecue pork <laughs> and just looking up and you see like, yeah. Yeah. You see oh a giant queen like, eating a piece of dog shit and it's like, yeah. it's great. Just playing like That's shock, weird John yeah. Waters films and shit. It yeah. just kind of turned into its own thing. That's so, amazing. Them, fucking yeah. challenging the status quo, man. I it mean. just, it wasn't on purpose. It just happened, which yeah. I think was the beauty of it. It was so organic. Everything for those. I'm, I'm super proud of those guys. Yeah, sure. I mean, dude, super proud of those guys. Super proud of you. I mean, you've done so many great things for the scene. Like you're from Chicago. You've been making yeah. a positive impact in so many different ways, from the parties you've thrown to the support you've done, the music you're making. I mean, the people don't know what I just sat through, but some fucking incredible music, man. So thank you. I want to acknowledge you for that. I knew you were a great producer, but I know you're making all these different genres. 
Yeah, I, I, and I think that's really important not to pigeonhole yourself into like yeah. making one thing because then it gets a little bland. And it's also important because you want to, like, I don't have a signature sound. Most people do. They know what they want to make, they know what they yeah. like, they know what they play. I mean, I like dabbling all over the place. I love making metal, mm-hmm. dubstep once in a while. Mm-hmm. House, obviously, is like my main thing. But yeah. like, shit sometimes just the ideas aren't flowing and the best thing to do after that is if something just sounds generic to you close the project file save it throw it on the back burner and just start a rap beat something totally polar opposite to what you know and then new ideas start flowing that i think that's the best thing to do you know and it also helps like i said earlier like down the line if you're sitting in a studio with someone and you're like want to start working on something especially like collaboration style which i like doing most yeah uh and then you have a shit ton of ideas to just roll off of each other, pitch to people like, hey, what do you think of this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's already like half done, it's half mixed already, yeah. and you're like having a shit ton of just dry starting points to, you know, like pitch back and forth to people or even yeah. just reopen yourself. Yeah. Like I said, like I have tons of shit I hated at the time, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> I'll pull the file up like a year later. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is fucking sick. What's wrong with me? You know? <laughs> you're like, God, I'm a fucking idiot. Right. Yeah, you'll pull it up and you'll finish it and you're like, all right, yeah, I'm a yeah, dumbass. I don't good. know why I let this sit around for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, that's the brain is an organ, right? And you got to feed it, right? Yeah. And you got to fucking yeah. exercise something, it. And... Something that ain't working for you in January just might hit the spot in like October. Amen to that, man. I mean, has music always been in your life? Like, were your parents musical at all? Not like... whatsoever. Both my parents... Uh, my dad was a Chicago firefighter. He was a captain. He just retired. Oh, and then my mother is still a firefighter in Chicago. No Both way. My parents are firefighters. Yeah, straight blue collar. Like, music was never, and I still fuck with my mom to this day. Like, you fucking <laughs> bitch. You, you, you would put me in fucking baseball. I sucked at it. But you wouldn't put a fucking piano in front of me. Like, she's like, all right, you think you're real smart, don't you? I'm yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent though. I like I was never like trained or anything. I I think the big thing that helps, and I still tell people to this day, if you want to learn to make music, mm-hmm. the best possible way you, to go about it is watch watch people make music. Yeah. Sit there and just absorb it in like a sponge. If you got yeah. a homie that's knows how to make music, sit there and watch him and just fucking watch. Like yeah, I was fortunate enough to sit and be able to watch guys like fucking like the Yank and all the like movement music guys mm-hmm. like mix and mark and just kind of gradually yeah. learn and then youtube tutorials too help a whole lot oh yeah of course so man. Like, yeah this the way technology has progressed over the last few years has made it so much easier for people to, mm-hmm. to like make music and there's a lot of stuff i typically don't like to like dabble in in terms of like sound design shit like making stuff sound super digital and super yeah. clean like I don't like it's not really the marching bad. band like you were talking about yeah, right? like, like bigger like, yeah. like, there's no swing to it it's there's too no uniform soul. there's no soul to it it's just really like fucking grid lined and you're like I, I can't, really can't get into you're it you're not a like, military school guy no no yeah. not at all like yeah <laughs> give me a little funk give me something that's a little fucked up and not perfect you know that gives it character yeah you know? of course and that's kind of it's kind of where I'm at I mean so. being from Chicago like when was your first exposure to electronic music then Electronic specifically. I'm pretty sure I was watching a film. I think I was in like sophomore year, like like freshman or sophomore year, and it was that Shy Effects tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, the with the 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 raga vocal on it and shit, and I was like, that was like my first exposure to like yeah. drum and bass. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, this makes me want to like punch my wall. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's great. <laughs> so. 
from there, I th- I went to Zero Gravity when I was like a freshman in high school. Yeah. And I saw fucking Infinity. Dude. And I saw fucking Billy the Kid. Yeah. And I'm playing with Billy the Kid for that Chris Lake show mm-hmm. in like two weeks. And it's like you you see these guys, you're like, this is this Full is sick. circle right you're there. Like, huh? this is, you're like, this is sick. Like. I think I can maybe do something with this. And then from there, it was just kind of snowballed really slow at first. Mm-hmm. Started to, like, teach myself to DJ and everything. Yeah. And probably four years after that, I I had uh, I had finally gotten Ableton and Reason. Mm. Like, Ableton, like, six, Reason, like, three, and, like, just started playing with it and, like, coming up with cool ideas. And then maybe, like, a year, like, a year and a half, two years after I, like, started learning, I got my first EP signed to idiot house what? in australia and how old were you then i was a senior in high school that's fucking nuts man and that's what was also fun is because like chicago is all straight 21 and up and it's like yeah i was djing and playing shows mm-hmm. with a fake id <laughs> and then like getting fucking obliterated at like someone's loft after and then like driving <laughs> to high school the next morning my senior year it's like it was it was it was it was a bit much but i'm, I'm glad it happened yeah and uh yeah, and then there was when I was doing the parties, the zombies or skeletons parties. Yeah, and I kind of threw myself into that. So I took like a three year hiatus from like making music. Really, and then just to DJ, just to focus on. The yeah, band like brand. I wasn't really DJing either at that point. Really, so I took like, a solid three four year break, mm-hmm. and then when I went back into Soundbar, it started coming along. When we started doing all our talent buying ourselves, hmm. it became kind of an issue where we were looking for appropriate people to open some of these shows right and i did like two of them i was like fuck it forget i'll just yeah. do it myself and then i just i, I kind of rediscovered how much i loved it and wow. then i just kind of went fucking all in totally there. unexpected and, yeah, yeah it was just really random and i really don't even have a reason for why i took like a three-year hiatus it, it just kind of still mixing at home or like kind of no, dabbling around no and that's the thing like i don't really practice or anything like yeah. i don't prep sets I prep my music and I organize it religiously. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> if I see something work, cool. I'm going to stay along that realm. And yeah. you know what I mean? It's, if you go in with like a plan set somewhere, it's like, what happens if they don't like it? Then you're fucked and you got to play this bullshit that nobody likes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Keep it, keep tons of music on you at all times. Right. You know? And you never just, know. Yeah. You don't, you never know what they're going to like, what they're not going to like. Right. And yeah, and you're a USB only guy, right? Like you don't use Serato or Tractor no, or anything. No Serato, uh, and depending on the show too, you know, every once in a while you'll have a show where the artist is appropriate enough, and you might have ra- like I have a lot of records. Yeah, like I still buy vinyl to this day. Like, yeah, because there's a lot of labels that are vinyl only. Yeah, and some of those are just fucking heaters. So yeah. it's I'll, I'll buy them, <laughs> and if it's a club like like Spy Bar and Sound Bar are probably the only two. I shouldn't say that. Smart bar as well. Yeah. Um, there's only a finite amount of clubs that are tooled to be able to have someone play records. It's different. You know, Yeah. like Soundbar, we were never able to play records there until maybe a couple of years ago when we got the new DJ booth because hmm. we had to pour concrete because all our subs are right under the stage. <laughs> and you get needle hops and it just... it didn't even th- I haven't even thought about something like that. It sucked. So like, yeah, you got a concrete pour and make sure there's zero like feedback or anything. Yeah. So, Depending on the show, I'll like I'll pack a bag for some of those shows. But yeah, right. just CDJs and and records whenever. You're just ready to go. Yeah, 
whenever That's it makes amazing. sense. Yeah. I mean, I've seen you crush some opening incense, and the one I saw you most recently was uh, well, I saw you at Solardo, but your Mark Knight opening set. I don't know if you thought you the fucking one at Prism. Killed. Yeah, you fucking killed that set, man. Like, Mark Knight is a great DJ, but. You played a better set than him, and me and my friends were fucking loving it, man. Mark, Mark's, a, Mark's a fun dude. That was yeah. like my third or fourth show with him, and yeah. then I he's think, a wild guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> fucking insane. Probably the show, the last show before that I played with him was yeah. at Sound, and then he's going back to Sound. After that, weeks. after that, he was supposed to play. Uh, one of his all night long mm-hmm. shows yeah. at Sound got canceled, right? And he got canceled. Yeah. So I get a call at like 9 p.m. I'm fucking stoned out of my ass on my college from Lawrence. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, could you play like seven hours? Because Mark M- Mark never made it to the airport." I'm like, "Let's go, let's go." Yeah, seven hour set down the tube. See, there you go. It. You didn't have time to prepare, and you're ready to go. Yep. And then the prison. I don't remember much of that show. I'm not gonna lie. Well, you fucking killed it, man. <laughs> but yeah, that was. I mean, I I, I enjoy playing it, but prison. I could tell like. I could see you analyzing, you know, and like I, I'm not the person who like goes see what's going on, yeah, see like, how people react, you know. How do you read a crowd? Because like from my perspective, you can't make everybody happy, right? But what no, you can do not. is find somebody who is into it and kind of pull their energy because they're gonna energize their yeah. friends around them and vice versa. That and there's there's so many subgenres of house to where it's also I have a massive library. Like anytime I go to a show, I have at least probably two terabytes worth of music on hand like <laughs> that I could like Jesus go through Christ. so it's like you could try some they like you could try tech house yeah see something how it's yeah, gonna yeah, how yeah. something like that's gonna work you could always try doing something like a little wompier yeah like, a, like a, something like dirty bird or a box of cats too right 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 and it's 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 all about paying attention to how they react yeah with each one of those sounds but then part of opening especially if you're doing a longer opening mm-hmm. i think the most challenging part of that and a lot of people still fuck it up is you got to go peaks and valleys you got to bring them you got to bring a crowd up you got to get them super hype mm-hmm. you also got to know you got to take it down yeah peaks and valleys you got to take them down chill them out a little bit it's ups and downs and then a lot of people just think it's just one big buildup, mm-hmm. and it's it doesn't really work out because people get bored at that point. So That's it's, true. It's about bringing them up, bringing them back down, bringing them up, back down. And that's that's the best way to open rooms, I think. At least, in, at least in my opinion, because people get kind of worn out. Right, if you're just playing super boring chill shit. Yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah, but yeah, it's respectful, but quote unquote. It, right, it is. Yeah, and it even even going up and down is respectful, but you gotta you got to time it correctly, you know? Right. And it is really no, you can't really teach it. It's, no. it's one of those things that you just get from experience. And thankfully I've like, I've been, <laughs> I've been gracious enough to, to be given experience. I so. mean, man, you've opened for Fisher. Like I said, Mark Knight, Eric Murillo. That Fisher show was great. I love yeah. with Hiroko. That was a blast. Yeah. I mean, dude, you do all these awesome back to backs and that's the question I have for you, but I want to ask you first. I mean, you don't plan your sets. You never will. I mean, when you are going to open for someone like MK, right? Have you ever opened for someone that you don't know their music very well? And, like, how much are you kind of playing the game of the peaks and valleys with warming up the crowd, like, giving the crowd the build-up moment to the headliner? There's there's not many artists that I've opened for that I'm not familiar with. Okay. If it was somebody, obviously, like, if Lawrence was like, hey, you want to open for fucking snails? I'd be like, <laughs> how the fuck is that going to work, you know? So, obviously, it has to be, like... Within a comfortable realm. Right. Um, 
You do just show me some dubstep. Really? Making, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of that. And again, it's a fun thing. If I can't come up with something that I like and really stoked on for house, cool. I'll start. I'll 150 BPM and I'll just start writing something random. Right. It's totally out of my comfort zone. Right. And, like, and that's a good thing to do because when you do that, you also learn new shit. Mm-hmm. You teach yourself new shit. Mm-hmm. But I would say the only recent one that I, I wasn't too familiar with was the Lala weekend when I uh, I had opened for Maddie on. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I wasn't super... I think also a lot of people didn't read the flyer and see that it said Maddie on DJ set. Yeah, And not true. Maddie on live. Right. So, like... It's interesting to have to do that these it days, was, right? It yeah. was... It was kind of discouraging, like that show. Like kids would come in and then they just like, like sit. What? They'd like <laughs> sit down Indian style, just waiting for Maddie. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what's going? Like, it's super disrespectful. In the for club? One. Yeah, inside the club. Number two, what? it's like, I did that that show back to back with Tombs, mm-hmm. and I think after we saw that, <laughs> we were just like, let's do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, fuck absolutely. It. And it it worked out well. Yeah, because after. I think we played for three hours mm-hmm. after fucking the first 90 minutes and kids are all fucking yeah. starting to drink right. and pills kick in. It's like, yeah. all right, cool. Here we go. Yeah, now, now they're standing up. Now <laughs> yeah. they're moving around a little right, bit. Right, right, right. So it's, 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 uh, it doesn't really happen that often mm-hmm. where, where I'll play just a totally random ass show where I don't know who the fuck right. the headliner is. But I do make it a point to before every show, I don't plan anything, but I will always come to my studio before a show mm-hmm. and go through my promos on in-flight and everything, see if anything right. new has came in, look through Beatport, see if there's anything like that's sick right. that I like and always put a new like playlist in mm-hmm. full of like new new tunes and everything just to just to keep it interesting and varied. For yourself. You know, for yeah, for myself, for other people too. Yeah, shit. of course. But, but like I I think that's the most important aspect of before I go into a set to open for an artist, another thing I'll always go thousand one tracklist and I'll look the artist up I'm opening for, see what they've been playing lately. Yeah, yep. Which is a, which is a huge thing. Yeah, you know, and some artists are harder. If you open for a guy like Seth Troxler, you don't know what kind of <laughs> Seth you're gonna get. You don't know <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna get techno Seth. You don't know if you're gonna get disco Seth. You don't know what the hell you're gonna get. Amen so to that, right? Some yeah, some people you just gotta kind of. You gotta look up whatever their last recording is and be like, all right, like maybe what's he or she playing right right now? Like, so you could go into it appropriately. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And on top of that, man, I mean, you do from what I've seen more times than not back to back sets, right? There's a few people that I really enjoy playing with. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, because like I, I'm I'm pretty technical when I DJ. Like I run a lot of loops. I'll I'll run three, sometimes four tracks at a time, Mm -hmm. running shit together. So it's a lot of people. There's some people that are comfortable with that, some people that aren't. Right. And then playing with some people want you to be a little hands-off to where it's like, cool, you throw two tracks, fuck yeah, off somewhere, yeah, yeah. I'll play two <laughs> tracks. You know, like, yeah. Gene's one of those guys. Yeah. Like, I love playing with Gene, but Gene's one of those dudes like, don't fucking touch the mixer while I'm fucking playing or I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Like, one of those things. Which, it's cool to each their own. A lot yeah, of people of are like, it's not a bad thing at all. No, you know? no, no. It's cool, but... Uh, there's other people that I could like really get into it and like do creative looping. Intermodal is one of those dudes. Great Infinity, game. yeah, love playing with, with him as well. But yeah, there's some people that are more comfortable with like going into crazy obscure loops and then like doing acapella sample over it yeah. while they're mixing in. Some yeah. people get nervous about it, right? But it's like other people are like, trust you enough to mm-hmm. you know do it and not fuck it up. Who's so. been some of your favorite people you back to back with then? Uh, you know what? Surprisingly, Ryan Marks. 
Yeah? From, from Loud Pack. Me and him, a couple years ago, did like a four-hour set before... I, for, I forget who the fuck it was. It was a Lala weekend. He just mm-hmm. happened to be in town. He's like, mm-hmm. fuck it. And played that. It was a blast. Intermodal. Awesome to play with. I've been playing with Marty for years. Mm-hmm. Infinity's always a blast. Yeah. Um, Hiroko. Yeah. Awesome. I love playing with Hiroko. We played the Fisher show together, and that was yeah. like her first time playing like not techno. That's not her style. No, she for, right? Hiroko plays just fucking dark techno beaters. Dude, like she plays shit you never heard before yeah. every time. So yeah, she she's another one. She's great. Miss Sylvia is another. Yeah. The girls are fucking killing it, man. They are. The girls in Chicago are more talented than than, Dude, than a lot I of. I just had Hummingbird are, on, and she's incredible. She's sweetheart. Yeah. 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 She's awesome. There, I mean, it's it's not it's not even like hidden talent, you know. Like they're there. It's not they're there yeah. because while the other dudes are out there m- making fucking t-shirts with their logo on it, fucking around and shit. Yeah, she's in there fucking practicing, crushing it, learning how to fucking make music. Yes. You know, it's one of those things. So yeah, absolutely. She, she's great. I do. I, I like Hummingbird. I haven't seen her playing in a while, but yeah, she's she's, she's really got some good. big shows coming up at Spy Bar that I'm still not sure I'm allowed to say, but mm. I'm sure you're gonna see there soon. Um, but I want to talk music with you. So, okay. Box of Cacts, Ferris Wheel, Pool House. I mean, from everything you just took me through before, you said you don't have a definitive sound. Do you feel like you're getting there? Or, like, what is your style? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, not whatsoever. I know that should be something to aim for, like, knowing, but I kind of like the position I'm in where I can kind of write anything, Jack send trades. it to anyone without a label being like, oh, this is different for you. It's right. Like, you know... <laughs> I think being varied, it's not something a lot of people like or recommend, would even recommend doing. Yeah. But I think being varied in your styles and your tastes Mm -hmm. is super important. Yeah. And especially, like, I feel like I learn a lot more than other people by venturing into some of these other genres, like making Mm -hmm. hip-hop beats and shit. Because the mix process is drastically different right if you're gonna make a if you're gonna make a hip-hop tune mm-hmm. versus making like a tech house tune mm-hmm. the mix process is night and day like yeah. total 180 so true totally different so you learn all these new techniques as you're going through like making random shit even if it's something that you have no desire or like end game to put out mm-hmm. or even release you're still gaining knowledge by finishing the track you know like yeah. creating it you're learning all this new shit and Do you ever take something from a hip hop track and apply it to a tech house track and vice versa? Vocals, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's like mainly the go to for a lot of tech house samples is like yeah, of old course. fucking hip hop beats, old film samples and shit. Dude, that, that David Bowie one you showed me was really Oh dope. man, I love Bowie. That getting that sample cleared is gonna fucking suck, but <laughs> I think it'll be worth it. We'll get there, man. We'll get there. I mean, it, to me you're kind of like unique in and of the sense that, okay, you don't have your sound, but you're not pigeonholing yourself like you said right exactly it's 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 super important if i was pigeonholed if i were to put a track out tomorrow mm-hmm. and it went number one on beatport mm-hmm. and, and turned into a massive thing then that's what everybody will expect of me from there on right you know which sucks that would yeah. fucking suck right yeah, it would be horrible you could lose your creative drive because that because may not be what you like the you're most you're recycling the same fucking thing over and over and you're like all right like i'm over it now mm-hmm. you know that would just suck. I would rather put a track out, have it do okay, because then I could go the next day and fucking release a track in a totally different genre. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the last time I, I put a... My last track that came out on Box of Cats, I think it was, mm-hmm. that same week I had the dubstep track come out with Porn Chicken. <laughs> and both of them charted. 
Like, I had a Tech House track in the top 100, and then I had a dubstep track that was, like, in the top 25. I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Like, (laughs) it's totally random, but that's what I love is because there's separation between both worlds, both genres, and it's it's just cool that I could go and I could work on anything whenever I want. You Mm -hmm. know, like, any style... I'll wake up one morning, maybe I'll I'll be in a rap mood. Yeah. Wake up the next morning, maybe I'll just be in a house mood. Yeah, you never know. But I think that's also, uh, again, I'll, I'll say it again, like if I'm trying to work on a house track and just nothing's clicking, like nothing's getting there, nothing's doing yeah. it for me, I could just save it, then maybe I'll start a rap beat. Yeah. Something totally different. And then from there, maybe I'll pull a uh, chord. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll play a chord or I'll pull some strings up and I'm like, okay, these are sick. Yeah. Then I could go back. I'll be like, sweet. I'll apply it to the house track. And yeah. Then, now I'm going, you know, why force it? Yeah. Don't force it. Let shit happen organically. Cause if you force it, then it's not, you're not really having fun either. Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel like there's a place where your creative ideas come from? Like for all these different things? I mean, are you just like filling up a glass of water or drinking a white claw or smoking a cigarette outside and all of a sudden you're like, boom, holy shit. Like, how, do, how does that process work for you? To be honest, you know what it was for a while was going out to shows mm-hmm. that were out of my comfort zone. Really? Like, I would play, I'll play a house, like, I'll direct support someone on a Friday, yeah. big house show, 1,500 people. Yeah. The next night, I'll be like, oh, fucking Suicide Boys are playing at Aragon. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going to go to that. Yeah. And... All of a sudden, you'll just hear like an intro or like a, a pluck of some sort, and you'll be yeah. like, "That's fucking sick." Yeah. Notepad on your yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. Notepad on your phone. Be like, "All right, that's that's sweet." You'll go back to the studio and you'll pull something up and you'll start playing it and you'll be like, "All right, cool. I got this. This is tight. I mm-hmm. like this vibe now." Yeah. But I think that's like a big thing. A lot of people, especially in house, a lot of house and techno people don't do like go out to shows that are not within their mm-hmm. their realm yeah. of like genre choice. Yeah, of course. Like I'll go I'll go to metal shows, I'll go to fucking hip hop shows. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's really important because then that's only gonna help you be creative when it comes to yeah. writing a house tune. Like yeah. you're when you're you get ideas to use sounds that are not prevalent within house music. Right. And you retool them and make them work in a house tune, like yeah, because it's original, right? Well, I, which I think that's the, I, I think that helps the most. Going to shows and listening to music that mm-hmm. you're typically not comfortable with, because there's good ideas in every genre. You just got to search them out. I t- totally agree with you. I think that's concept like it's almost the concept of fear, right? Like you go in something outside your comfort zone, whether you like it or not. Yeah. You challenge there's, yourself. There's good music everywhere. You just got to fucking you got to search it out. Yeah, the same thing. That's even if it's something that I'll put out and release, I've said it time and time again, like yeah. a lot of people, it might not be for everybody, might not be the greatest, but in the end, everything quality is always going to find its way. Eventually. I saw, you said that in an interview and I, I did. I relate to that. And completely. to this, to this day, that's why I'm not in any rush to get anything big. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 12 years. It's eventually something will happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe not now. Right. But it's, I'm still having, as long as I'm still having fun with it. Yeah. Like, I have a day job, right. so it's like, this is still, I still consider this a hobby, mm-hmm. I just happen to be good at my hobby, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I enjoy I enjoy doing it, but I'm in no rush, I'm not trying to be some big guy, and I think the, the most valuable thing that I could really give or provide to the scene in general mm-hmm. is, I love finding hungry-ass kids that really want to do this and make it work, mm-hmm. that might not have the platform that I have. Yeah. 
and bring them in here. I do once a month here. I have a crew of maybe 10 kids that are all really, really good producers that are just trying to learn more. I have them come in here and we'll sit here for maybe five, six hours. I'll go through all their tracks with them, plug their computer in. We'll look at what they're doing wrong, what they're doing right. Wow. What we can adjust. Yeah. We do these meetups here. Don't charge them anything. Have them come in. And again, there'll be like eight, nine kids in here and we'll all just be <laughs> going through shit. Cool. Plug your computer and let's see what Next up, yeah. You know, like... And that helps, that helps them out a lot. Yeah. You know, be, and especially say one of them has, comes across, makes a fucking banger. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have the platform and connections to make that happen as a release. If you make a dope ass tune, it's, it's like, yeah. sick, give it to me. I'll fucking send it off right now. How many talented musicians are sitting in their basement with no mediums, right? Or no platforms? No platform, no idea how to send demos out, no idea how to finish a mix down or anything, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's the most important thing I could probably give back. Especially, I think it's drastically important to start kind of breeding the next yeah. crew of Chicago people. Because in mm-hmm. my opinion, Chicago has the most talented artists out of any other city in this country. Yeah. DJs especially. Mm-hmm. If, Gene Ferris said it best. If you could cut your teeth playing Chicago clubs, mm-hmm. you could fucking play any club in the world. Look at him fucking rushing high beats. It's, like, it's, it's true. Yeah. Chicago truly, in my opinion, has has the most talent. Like our shittiest DJs will still take fifteen <laughs> dumps all over some people that I are consistently totally playing agree. shows in LA. It's 100%. crazy, right? Yeah, it's, it's not it's not crazy at all. It's well, people are hungry as fuck here. It's the Midwest, right? Like it I is. was talking to some guy about the difference between Chicago and LA and New York, and like the hustle of Chicago people, right? But also the Midwest attitude is just genuine, but also hardworking. Yeah, Chicago is LA with none of the cringe. <laughs> That's all it is, yeah. man. <laughs> That's so fucking perfect. It's it's true. It really is. You played so. shows in other cities. What's your opinion when you go out there? I have I haven't played in LA in years. To be honest, I it's with my day job it's super hard to make it make sense monetarily. Yeah. Like, of I'm not gonna I'm not gonna burn vacation days just to go make fucking two hundred like, bucks. Three hundred bucks somewhere mm-hmm. or shit, you know? So it's it's not really it's not really a priority of mine to play because I'm fortunate enough that I've established myself as being able to fucking open rooms appropriately. Yeah. There's a reason I play every Saturday at Soundbar. Right. For X amount of years. Like, there's right. a reason. Yeah. And I don't think I'm being cocky in saying that either. I think it's, no. I, th- I think it's more so also on Lawrence's part, being mm-hmm. the GM, like, I think he's comfortable knowing that the room's in safe hands before a headliner is going to go on so he doesn't have to worry about what the fuck's going on. Yeah. He's got other operational shit to deal with. Right. So I think it's really important to be able to go into any scenario for any genre, mm-hmm. trance, techno, house, down-tempo, anything, right. and be able to service that crowd correctly. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely, man. And that's also why... You'll always see a lot of times I'll just bring people on and to play with me because I have the platform to do that. I'm getting booked on the shows. I think it's really important that I'm reaching out and extending, you know, extending the branch yeah. to let other people come in and, and play these shows with me, get the experience they need mm-hmm. for newer artists, right? You know, test the waters on some of them, yeah. provide feedback, see what they're doing wrong, you know, and the best way you could learn anything is getting thrown in the fucking shit. <laughs> That's so true. Same best way to learn to bartend, throw someone who's never bartended before behind a bar with a hundred people waiting for drinks. Yeah. They'll, they'll pick it up within an hour. Right. And I think the same thing goes for DJing. Yeah. 
you know? How do you react under pressure? Yeah. It's the best. That's the true test. Anyone, anyone can practice and play a good set by themselves. <laughs> yeah. Put them in front of fucking 500 people. Right. You never know. Get the jitters and everything. So Everything changes. Everything yeah. changes. But I think that's super important. A lot of people don't do that in Chicago. They'll be like, I've been around X amount of years. I get this direct support slot. It's mine. I think the complete opposite. I yeah. think it's kind of my duty that I have the, I have the platform. Mm-hmm. I have the experience playing these shows for me to extend the olive branch and yeah. bring some people in that I think are like doing it yeah. you know right now like gaining some steam yeah. sending me tracks that are pretty cool mm-hmm. Ooh, come play the show with me let's see how you do you know that means so much to people like that too I think it's super important and I think a lot more people need to start doing it and the GMs of Chicago you know the Lawrence the Mikes like they believe in you and they trust you so yeah, no questions right yeah. yeah I mean that's amazing uh, on, on top of that, I mean, I mean, being creative, a DJ producer, it has its ups and downs, right? I mean, what's been an, uh, something you've had to overcome personally or professionally, and how'd you get through it? I've been pretty fortunate where nothing drastic has happened to me, mm-hmm. knock on wood, but, um, yeah, I, I really, I, I really can't think of any, that's anything good. that's, like, dra- like, happened, like, negatively right. to me recently, right. like, yeah, I wish more people gave that answer. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I know like crazy family deaths or anything. Like, it, yeah. nothing's really, nothing's really impacted me super hard. Yeah, on a negative tip. That's good. I would say you en- embrace the positivity, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's fun. I don't, I don't like to. I'm not a super positive. Like, blessed to wake up this day. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, like I got the people that you see, like, and it's like every single person that goes to Burning Man every year, and it's just like a huge thing of positivity and it's yeah. just like sometimes see it you're like shut the fuck sometimes up sometimes like, it's good to know there's shit like in the world, yeah right? I'm glad yeah. you're happy I'm glad you're at Burning Man but yeah. remember next week you gotta come home and sleep on that fucking mattress on the floor so you know you're fucking real man so yeah I mean none of the fake shit speak your mind do whatever you feel like doing and yeah. hopefully it works out for you but you're ultimately responsible for your, for yourself amen so. to that amen to that Steve now, you've seen a lot of things change in the electronic music scene. I mean, we're coming up on 2020, which is fucking insane. I mean, I'm sure it's crazy for you. Yeah, I oh. turned 30 this year, so... Yeah? Yeah, I'm st- I'm starting to feel it bad. So 10 years ago, I'm you like, 20, I'm like, right? I'm like 84 in nightlife years. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> how much... How, what's the what's the fucking ratio there, the dog years? One uh, year is... Fuck, one year... Seven? One, I, I would say it's pretty, pretty close dog to years. dog years, yeah. 100%. <laughs> God damn, I'm gonna fucking... I'm dying soon, yeah. then. Fuck. I mean, what do you, what's going to be when, you know, it's 2030? What do you expect in the next decade for music? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't like to really think, even with work and just personal life, too. I don't, my, mo- my mother fucking hates it, too, because she's like, what are you going to do when blah, blah, blah? It's like, I don't know. I don't like do to mean? think. Yeah. I don't like to plan outside of the yeah. necessities for yeah. the future. Yeah. Let me just live and figure out what the fuck's going on now. I love that. You know? Yeah. So, I have no idea. I, I, I really think that I just... I'm gonna keep plugging away, keep finishing music, random shit, and maybe something will pop, maybe something won't. If it doesn't, it's not gonna ruin my day. You're gonna keep enjoying the ride. I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna keep doing what I love because this is fun. Like it's making music is fun. Yeah. The second it becomes more about business than being fun. Yeah. Is the second I'll fucking sell my shit and just call it quits. You see that happen to a lot of people. Oh, there's 
plenty of people that just kind of up and disappear out of nowhere. It hasn't really happened to most larger artists like recently, but mm-hmm. shit, right around like the 2010, 11, 12, and 13, there was a wealth of huge, like massive producers that were yeah. touring and everything is just mm-hmm. fucking up and disappeared out of nowhere. That's true. And I think it's, I think that's what happens when, when music starts to become stale mm-hmm. to a certain point and everybody's kind of like doing the same shit. Yeah. Like, and I really think music is kind of at that point right now, sadly, with within some genres. Like, there's little subcultures of, like, Tech House where it's just kind of like, if you gave me 15 tracks and I played all of them, I wouldn't be able to tell you who the fuck made any of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's one of those things where people are kind of being very, for, like, formulaic with the way they're making music. Yeah. And no kind of like just said, wanting, right? to, yeah. wanting to, like, do shit that they know is going to work mm-hmm. versus experimenting and taking risks mm-hmm. and doing interesting things. Mm-hmm. So, I... I mean, you saw it with EDM, too, like, with yeah. mainstream EDM. Like, every fucking big room track sounds the same, and it's just one note. Large kick drum. And it's like, yeah, it's... When things get stale, I also think that also provides, like, a breeding pool of artists that are... Sick of it. Gonna get hungry enough to, like, do something drastically different. Right. You know? Right. So, there's a plus and a negative to it. Yeah. Obviously, you have to deal with watered-down shit, but on the same time, there's probably a thousand people that are making it interesting. They just don't have the platform to get it out. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you just got to do what you can. Upload everything you make. Just put it out. Put it out there. Have you ever considered doing a label? Because I feel like... That has crossed my mind a couple times. Um, You got a year for... Especially with how easy it is to launch a label these days. It's (laughs) not super expensive. And the way distribution works, like companies like DistroKid and everything make Mm -hmm. it so fucking simple, so user-friendly. Yeah. Like, I have a friend I went to high school with doesn't really pursue that like music that much still makes music but he runs he runs like a subscriber only soundcloud that puts out tracks for free and he's got like upwards of 40 50,000 subscribers to it and it's like Shit. random you know yeah like it it's super easy to launch a brand a label whatever now mm-hmm. and, and get it successful with right. how prevalent social media and how connected everybody is yeah so it's definitely crossed my mind. I think I would like to, if I ever did it, I think I would definitely want to partner with somebody on it. You yeah, know? definitely. I wouldn't want to do it by myself. No, it's a bit of an undertaking, right? Yeah. And more, more minds, obviously, mm-hmm. is more, po- like, having two, three people is better than just one brain. Yeah. You know, like, look at Box of Cats is, I think there's five. Mm-hmm. It's like, Wongo, Kyle Watson, mm-hmm. Jeff W., Tommy Q there's like five people that oversee and they all yeah. have to agree on every track that comes yeah. out and I think it's a really smart thing to do because like I said again you, five brains is more powerful than one yeah five social outreaches is more po- outreaches is more positive than yeah than just one person so yeah yeah I can see you running that shit though for real I, mean, I would I would I would love to eventually do it but I think it's kind of it's not the cards yeah, I mean, oh, it's in the cards. <laughs> it's in the cards, just at the bottom of the deck right now. It's yeah, not like okay, something that's I like a priority. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's in your hand then right now? What are you going to fucking put down? Full house? <sighs> fucking dope tracks that you just showed me? Oh, I mean, yeah. What do you got coming? What, what, what? Uh, I'm really excited for the one tune that I did with Eyes Everywhere that comes mm-hmm. out on Club Sweat at the end of the year. 
Uh, I have another tune I did with Intermodal that's going to come out on the ADE sampler for Ferris Wheel. Okay. Right before ADE. That's awesome. Um, and shit. That's soon, because ADE's in November? Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, and then I have, shit, I have two tracks with John Summit that are like just under halfway done. Mm-hmm. We got to kind of, he's... He's a really dope dude to work with, but he's also one of the guys just like me where it's like, we can't sit and write the whole track together. It's like, you got to have your own fucking time with it. Yeah. While I'm not there and (laughs) and vice versa, you know? And I think that's, I think it's great to to do that. And then I have two or three tracks with Rick uh, Hexes for our Cervante project Mm -hmm. that we just haven't shopped yet to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just a bunch of other random shit yeah, like yeah. That, ton, what was that random, rapper's name? Random beats, man. That that rap shit's gonna be fun. It's it's yeah. the drummer Cameron Loesch from Born of Osiris. Yeah, and yeah, he's uh, we're we've been working on this rap EP for fuck just about a year, but he, they tour so much, so it's small doses here and there. We'll work on it. We'll mm-hmm. revisit it, and it's like three tracks are done out of the five. So I hope to finish that by the end of the year and get it out by like. March next year by the latest, you know? Yeah, 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 of course. So. Well, I just want to acknowledge you one more time, everything you're doing for the scene. I mean, you're an unbelievable producer, an unbelievable DJ, and y- you, to me, are a perfect definition of someone who is enjoying the ride, and whether you have the success that people call success or not, it doesn't matter to you because yeah, like you're having a good time. Yeah. Again, it's not a bad thing to wake up hungry, like, fuck, like... Yeah. I, 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 you gonna, are. You work get, hard. I'm gonna, like, I'm going to get big one day, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, I'm one of those people, like... Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm gonna I have fun, I'm gonna have fun with it. If something works out, cool. If I put a track out and it top tens, yeah, sick. If <laughs> if it doesn't chart at all, sick. Whatever, it still came out. You yeah, know, it's it, you know it's you gotta you gotta take everything with a grain of salt and mm-hmm. smell the fucking roses once the best in a while. Is yet to and, come. Yeah, smell the roses once in a while. I'm in a good position. I'm not getting greedy over yeah. over not touring or anything like. You know, it's, it's not. Dude, I mean, cool. That'd be cool to do, but soundbar yeah. Saturday. That's yeah, debatably better than touring. I I enjoy it. <laughs> I get to hang out at home, sleep in my bed every night. Yeah, so, you do. Yeah. And you got Saturday coming up. You got Chris Lake coming up too. After later Chris day? Lake's gonna be a a blast, and that's sold out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that shit's sold out. They're yeah. like, they're like, they're like, who do you think should play before you? I'm like, nobody. Let <laughs> me just fucking play the whole four hours. Come on, like, yeah. That's Give awesome, me that man. money. Let me play the four hours. Yeah, yeah. of course. Like, any less than two hours of cock tease sucks. Yeah, like yeah. cool. I just played like fifty-eight minutes. Now I'm fucking warmed up and I'm into it. Yeah. And now like you want me to get off? Like, Every set you just mentioned sucks. was yeah. I played a four-hour set, five-hour set, the seven-hour set. I love them. I absolutely love them. Two hours minimum is like that's that's cool. your deal. That that's cool. Yeah. And everybody knows that. Yeah. Fuck yes. That, that was a fun coming set. on, man. Yeah, absolutely, man, thank bro. You anytime.